This is the Bushwick Variety Show. And I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 11. I hope everybody's Mother's Day went well. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. Um, If you did not call your mother or talk to your mother or hug your mother, it's never too late to pick up the phone and call. Call your mom. Wish her Happy Mother's Day. This episode features the great trumpet player Jumani Smith. Jumani Smith has toured and recorded extensively with Michael Buble. He's played many Grammy Awards, Emmy Awards, uh, White House appearances. Jumani is part of the original graduating class of one of Juilliard's newest music programs, the jazz program. And he is a regular player in the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. He's recently started playing with Harry Connick Jr. Um, I could go on and on and on. Brother is bad, and I just uh, also realized he also sings. Uh, We didn't even get to that in the program, but yeah, brother can sing too. And he's playing this show tomorrow night at New Blue, 151 Avenue C. That's tomorrow night, May 15th, Tuesday, if you're listening to this on the day of release. That show is featuring also Riley Mulherker, Aaron Walker Loud, Elizabeth Pupa Walker, also featuring sets by DJ Young Strong, and featuring Evan Flory Barnes and Carmen Staff. This is uh, presented by Big World Breaks. It's the Tag Team Edition, Episode 1. Um, it's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to being there. I'm going to be there. Kicks off around 9 p.m. Doors open at 8. Um Without further ado, though, this is Jumani Smith. Um, I had a great time talking to him in the Rack Shack, Brooklyn, Bushwick. Let's have a conversation. Get it going, man. Jumani Smith, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming out here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, so where to begin? Uh, I know you're from Seattle. You went to Roosevelt High School? Yeah. Born and raised in Seattle. Lived there until I was about 18. And then I moved out here to New York. And did you go straight to school out here? I I did, actually. I I went to to college out here. Uh, First, I went to the new school for a year. And then I transferred to Juilliard. They had just started a jazz program. And so they invited me to be a part of the inaugural class, jazz studies. So I didn't realize uh, they didn't even have a jazz program before. Was it just classical before that? It was just classical. Wow. Um, And Wynton Marcellus, is he the main person involved with that? Yeah, he was the main person that got it going. Going, yeah. And he's still involved with the program now. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome. That was a great experience. I got the opportunity to study privately with Wynton for several years and... And uh, overall, it was I, even going to the new school was great too. I, the whole reason I wanted to go there was because 
when I was growing up, my favorite artists were all in Art Blakey's band. And the New School has a tremendous amount of faculty that went through Art Blakey's band and that is uh, really close to the history of jazz and everything. And so it was a great opportunity for me to be able to come out and to, to study with them, you know. The New School, that is also kind of a newer school, literally, right? Like, when did that start? Yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure what date it started. If I had to guess, I would say it's, it was probably somewhere in the 80s, mm. maybe even the 90s. But I, I mean, don't quote me on that because I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I know for a fact that it's not as old as Juilliard or the Manhattan School of Music, but uh, it's a it's a great program as well. It's it's very different from Juilliard in the sense uh, that. Uh, I feel like there's tons of great teachers and educators and musicians to get information from there uh, if you seek it out and you can learn a tremendous amount. And you also have a lot of uh, flexibility or or freedom to explore different things. So they're, they're, they're sort of, and Juilliard is like, to me, it's, it's more structured in a way and and it's it's uh more disciplined and regimented or at least it was 20 years ago when i was there you know and uh it's it's the the difference between the two for me was uh that i wasn't quite ready for the freedom that i got at the new school Mm -hmm. and i really needed some more structure but if you grow up like you know having a lot of structure and you know, a lot of, a lot of that, and you, you already got your your roots firmly planted. Then you can handle the the new school, the freedom, the free flowing, yeah. yeah. Um. So then you get out of Juilliard. Um. That must have been mid two thousands, I guess, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, two thousand five. That was uh, that was when I I got out and started working, and. Uh, I started working with Michael Buble primarily, and I'm still working with him these days. And uh, along the way, I've been fortunate to do a, a tremendous amount of other stuff too. Uh, what are some of the other other highlights that stick out for you? Well, playing the Grammys with Stevie, yeah, that was pretty awesome. I've I've had the opportunity to play with him on multiple occasions now. Um, and he's like one of my one of my all time heroes. Yeah, me too. And, and it's so weird because like you know I've I've like played in his band and and like rehearsed with him for like a week and you know jammed with him on on jazz songs and stuff. But I'm so like starstruck by him. It's weird. And uh, recently he actually uh, he came uh, to to one of my shows and he was chilling in the back and then at the end. Uh, he he was like walking out of the club, and he turned to me as I was sitting. I was standing in the back. He turns to me and he's he sort of like looks up at me, mm-hmm. like like basically looked me in the eyes, and he's like, "Hi, hello," you know. Like nope. I hadn't said anything, mm-hmm. and uh, at that point, you know, I took it upon myself to just say hi. Yeah, <laughs> because I was still so starstruck. I didn't even say anything, you know. I could have been like, you know, we we played I played the Grammys with you, you know. I've been in 
but maybe he already knew. Maybe he just he he could sense my vibe, or he, he felt something familiar, and maybe that's why he decided to stop and say hello. Or, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but I have heard the conspiracy theories that he's not actually blind, and there's like a lot of people on YouTube who try to show instances of him. But I think he's got supernatural. I mean, he does have supernatural abilities and talents, yeah. so it could be that too. But. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I feel like sometimes people who don't have one sense have heightened senses mm -hmm. in other capacities too. So yeah, yeah. I was talking with uh, actually uh, Elizabeth, um, who's playing the show with you, yeah. New Blue, coming up, um, and we got to Stevie somehow at the end of that one. Um, but about how, as a lyricist, he's, I think, one of the most... His his lyrics, to me, are super visual. Like, mm -hmm. when I hear his lyrics, it's, like, very clear, vivid images in my mind listening to him. Absolutely. It's amazing coming from somebody who doesn't see the way we see, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even in a few of his songs, he references sight. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and then of course in inner my, visions and yeah. visions of my mind. But yeah, 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 yeah. Man. I'm with you on that, man. That's an all time, all time favorite. Uh, so horn players, uh, do you have a favorite? I'm sure you do. Um, horn players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've spent a lot of time studying the the history of trumpet and and all the greats and everything, and and I appreciate. So many people who have had a major contribution to to music and to jazz and to trumpet, uh, a, a variety of people for different reasons. Um, but one of the first, one of the very first that I really got into was Freddie Hubbard. That was uh, when when I was in high school. I just like went crazy over Freddie Hubbard. And we used to still have record stores, and I would go in like Tower Records. Yeah, or yeah. Silver Platters. Yeah. Did, did you ever go to Silver Platters yeah. in Seattle? Yeah. I forgot about that, that one. That actually. was man. That was my jam back in the day, man. As as we would say, that was hella tight. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, I, so I used to always go in there and and just read the backs of the records and and or the backs of the CDs and and depending on what year it was recorded and, and the personnel, you could kind of get a sense of who was on the record and what it would sound like, you know? And uh, so so I used to have stacks and stacks of CDs, carry them all over the place. Yeah. You know? You have the binders. Yeah. Yeah, man. Totally. I'd go on a trip and, and half of my suitcase would be filled with records, or not records, but yeah, CDs. Albums. Yeah, yeah. albums. I remember uh, that's one thing I like about the. I mean, I have a record player now, and it's nice getting back to that that analog because it's a different. You listen to music different when you have to pick a record. You listen to like the whole albums um, versus on on my phone, which I also like because back in the day when I had my CDs, I remember my car got broken into one time, and of course they got my CDs, and it was just like, damn, man, I gotta like, you know, it wasn't all of my CDs, but it was like. Yeah, some of my favorites. Yeah, I'd go replace and build up again. Yeah, and so like now with like the digital, the digital stuff that is a good thing to have. It's nice to have all the all the music at the at your fingertips. Absolutely, 
And at the same time, it's harder to get people to sit down and and listen to the the artistic vision of the album. Yeah. You know, it's harder to make concept albums and things like that. It's more just the singles oriented market. Yeah. Yeah. One time actually, I had I had a bunch of CDs stolen too from I, my car got broken into in Soho. Mm-hmm. And uh I just made my first record. It was this record, it was called Groovology. It was this band I put together of a bunch of cats I knew from Juilliard. And uh, it, we used to have a band, and, and we would do like music from around the world and study different grooves from around the globe. That was, that was like the, the idea behind it. Anyway, so I put out a record, and I only made like a thousand copies of it. Yeah. And I had like half of them in the, in the, in the oh. trunk, and, and somebody stole them, you know? Yeah, and I was—I I just hoped that they like distributed yeah. them, yeah. you know, because <laughs> I was gonna—I was yeah. gonna try it's to get like, rid of them too. <laughs> those, yeah, it's like those are valuable for me. And if ultimately, if you facilitate my actual goal was, which is getting them out there, cool. But if not, like you stole something like yeah, valuable to me specifically, you know, yeah, and valuable yeah. to. I would find the like I would get it to the people who want it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's I wonder hard. if somebody was up in Harlem on the street, you know, selling yeah. my CDs back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, working with uh, Michael Bublé, how how is that? Oh, it's been a great run. You know, it, I I learned a lot. Uh, from working with him, I have uh, over the years. That was like my first gig out of college, and I feel like you know it's it's sort of like getting a gig and and working is like sort of finishing school in a way, and that's where you you really learn your trade and and you really learn how to be a part of a band and you know what what it takes to to work and and to hopefully stay working. But yeah, that was one of one of my first opportunities and you know uh i would say another really awesome opportunity going back to your question earlier another really awesome opportunity i had was uh working with quincy jones oh yeah so uh i got i got the opportunity to do several things with him over the years and and he would always call me to play in his big band and you know go on some trips and and uh man that was a, an exciting time getting to work with him yeah it's cool that he appreciated my trumpet playing cuz he's a trumpet player too yeah yeah that's right so it was kind of heavy my uh my uncle was a trumpet player also um, oh cool and that was my first instrument um back in elementary school but then i went to a middle school and the uh the music program got cut so then i did not keep with it which kind of sucks, you know. Yeah, but, uh, it's unfortunate that that happens yeah. all too often. Yeah, yeah. I know if uh, if there wasn't school, if if there wasn't a a band in the schools that I was going to, the same probably would have happened for me. Yeah, and you know I've been fortunate enough to make it a career for the last twenty some years. So yeah, um, do you? So I know, like I went to Garfield High School, which also has a jazz program, and then I know. I didn't know as much about Roosevelt's jazz program, um, but I know that they have like 
a dope vocal jazz program too. Is that all connected at Roosevelt or how is that? Uh, I think, yes, they are. They, were, they have been traditionally. I think this, this past year was the first year that they hired somebody else to run the vocal jazz department separately because mm. uh, Scott Brown, the director of the music department at Roosevelt, I guess he's just got too much stuff going now and he had to sort of delegate a little bit of stuff off his plate. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, when I was going there, the vocal jazz program was very strong too and... and uh, it, it, well, you know, growing up in Seattle is, is an incredible experience for a young, aspiring jazz musician. Because when when I came to New York, I realized that 98% of the young musicians in New York only had a few other people in their town where they came from that were really into jazz or into creative music and art and, you know, playing horns and, you know, improvising and, you know, all of that type of stuff. And, uh, but in Seattle, there's like hundreds of people. Yeah. And, and it just goes to show that the, the teachers and, and, you know, the culture of the whole environment it's so great. It's a it's a community and you know, I always looked forward to to playing music with people from all kinds uh, every school, you know? Yeah. Every different different school that had a program in Seattle, really. It's funny uh people not from Seattle always think of grunge with Seattle mm -hmm. and really like yeah, jazz is like the strong foundation in Seattle like Quincy Jones, also from Seattle. And then thinking about that, like Jimi Hendrix being from Seattle, kind of having those jazz the roots. Um, yeah. That's, you know, where he comes from. And then the hip hop tradition also out of Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, it's just funny because grunge was such a explosion at one specific time, one specific music. And a lot of people from Seattle is where it was happening. Mm -hmm. That like Seattle's kind of forever for people that don't know, they think of like grunge first. But yeah. even to this day, like I think more if you go out in Seattle, you're gonna find a lot of jazz and a lot of hip hop, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a very cool place for that. It's it's very artistic and there's a lot of great musicians and artists doing great art and artistic things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this this show coming up um, at New Blue, um, I know it's tag team, and I know it's two horn players and two percussionists. Um, do you, like, could you explain it a little bit more than, I mean, Aaron's explained it a little bit to me, but I'm just trying to conceptually. Yeah, I'm really about. excited about the show. It's going to be very eclectic. It's going to be very different. And, you know, Aaron, he's had a, a lot of success in Seattle, and he's been doing it for a long time. Everybody, he's well-known in Seattle, and it's great that he's finally bringing his big world breaks out here to the East Coast, and this is the debut of it. And it's a really interesting show and interesting project because it's sort of uh, off-center in the, in the sense that the focus is well it's called take team so it's about like putting uh two different uh instrumentalists on one instrument together with uh 
other instrumentalists on another instrument. So essentially double duets, mm -hmm. I would say, in a way. And so with that concept, it it makes it it makes it so you really have to uh to 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 be creative you really have to be creative with it and find the right approach the right material to really uh make it happen yeah but with that said uh making it happen is going to be something different mm. you know it's not going to sound like what you expect it to sound like because there there isn't anything else like it. So it's going to be kind of new and and different and and there's an eclectic mix of music, you know, from from Fela Kuti to to uh Big World Breaks originals to like trumpet duets and and then he's invited Another couple of uh, people from Seattle to come and join us too. Carmen Stoss. I saw and, that the other day. Yeah. And Evan Flory Barnes, and they're just tremendous musicians as well. So it's kind of like uh, it's kind of gonna be like a, a a super super band from Seattle, you know, like a like a super jam, almost yeah. of of like Seattle all stars, you know. Is it going to be like two sets or is it going to be like just... It'll be two sets and then there's a DJ too. Mm -hmm. You know, there's going to be some classic stuff from the 70s like funk and, and some hip hop and, and jazz, R&B. A bunch of cool different stuff is going to happen. And Aaron's going to be holding it down on the drums and, you know, with his deep pockets and the grooves and everything it's gonna be a fun show yeah. absolutely and i'm i'm excited about it yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna be there i'm excited about it too um nice. so what else are you uh working on right now so the michael buble thing that's kind of like a on that, that's like an ongoing thing yeah well pretty much yeah I, i've been working with him for almost 14 years 15 years now well, it's since 2005, whatever that is. Yeah. A while. Might as well be 15. It's kind Something of, like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, aside from working with him, uh, I, I recently started working with Harry Connick. And for the last couple of years, I've been working with his band, too. And uh, I was performing on his TV show, uh, his daytime television show called Harry uh, that films in New York and that's what I've been doing the last couple of years primarily and uh, do some stuff with uh, the Jazz and Lincoln Center Orchestra on occasion and and uh, outside of that I'm working on my second album I released my first album in 2014 it's called I Only Have Eyes For You and a special guest, Michael Bublé's on there, and Jackie Ivanko, and uh, a vocal group called Naturally Seven. But aside from that, we also have Shayna Steele, who's the lead vocalist from Snarky Puppy, and uh, a lady named Brennan Whitaker. Uh, and then uh, it's it's maybe 65% instrumental music. And I really wanted to make a romantic record, you know, something that people could, it, like a concept album, really. Mm -hmm. You know, you sit down and listen to the whole project, and and you'll you'll get the point, you know. Yeah. 
So it was an awesome project to put together, and it was a, quite a big undertaking. And I'm excited that I'm finally working on the second the second release, which will be something completely different. But uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be I, – I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Do you uh, – where are you in the process of that one? Uh, I'm mixing some stuff right now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I've determined all the tracks that are gonna be on it yet, mm-hmm. but sort of sifting through them and and like you know figuring it out. Yeah. 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 So, like thinking of like the people you've worked with and like your background and your roots, um, pretty jazz heavy. Um, do you have uh, other like favorite genres, or do you stay pretty? planted like in jazz oh i love jazz definitely um but like i said you know stevie wonder and, yeah and the the soul music all of that stuff from the, the 70s really you know yeah that, that hits me pretty good uh yeah you know, donnie hathaway funk. is another one yeah, of my, my favorite and that's yeah. another that's somebody i think of in the vein of stevie mm-hmm. in the vein of um definitely soul but also like people don't always think of steve but i'm sure you do but like um stevie uses a lot of jazz chords and arrangements and donnie also and donnie also arranged for quincy absolutely yeah yeah i think both of those guys are tremendous musicians yeah, yeah. i wish donnie had a longer time here yeah. you know we could have seen what he would have done because stevie yeah. being here still is like yeah so many years of of knowledge and mm-hmm. yeah it's sad it's it's unfortunate what happened yeah um do you have any advice just off the top for uh younger people like trying to come up or get into music um work hard yeah and don't give up and find whatever it is that makes you unique and just focus on that stick with that and try to make it grow and blossom into something you know that's beautiful and that only you can do yeah are there um for you and i mean i know you got this next album are there uh things anything else like you want to do um like in the future with it like or something like where do you see yourself going from here and i know it kind of unfolds in front of you but like yeah i don't know i i'm enjoying what i'm doing right now that's that's such a hard question to to answer um because I used to have all these plans and these things that I thought I w- was going to do and it was going to happen. And then, and then while I was planning them, my Other, life sort of happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. But I hope that all the stuff that I do in the future has a high artistic quality or high quality regardless of whether it's art or not and that it touches people and that that 
the work that I do and that the person that I am is is generally good you know that's my hope and so I'm trying to strive for doing good things and and making a positive impact on the world yeah in whatever capacity that may be it's funny like um that balance of like I think it's very okay and good it's a good place to be to be happy with what you're doing at the moment you know and for people who are not happy with what they're doing it's kind of like the same thing like like your advice to a younger artist it's like well if you're not happy doing what you're doing figure out what you like want to be doing and do that and if you want to do more of it do more of that um and find the the peace in that like of course like work towards goals like if you're one place and you want to be somewhere else like there's you know goals you have to take yeah but it's a process for sure and like the process i think a lot of people um get tripped up on i've I've been tripped up on it before in the past where it's like you're um over analyzing you're beating yourself up on like just you're over analyzing everything um and because you know with like especially like in performance art and stuff like that um, and entrepreneurs and stuff with business or like, you know, you put out a record, album sales, all that stuff, social media, you know, people are like, Oh, you got to get your, your social medias up and all that. And you can kind of go down a whole thing about like the promotion of the thing and you're not putting in the time to the actual thing. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that those other things aren't important in a way, but I do believe like the most important thing is putting most of your time into the things that you know and want to be doing. Absolutely. Know? I I agree with that too. But you know, it is it is a challenge to to be able to solely focus on the one thing that you're you're trying to to accomplish, you know, because there are many different facets of it. I mean, even just being a musician, like you said, the social media thing nowadays is very important and self-promotion is more important than it seems as though it used to be. And at the same time, there's more of an opportunity for people to, uh, to, to become well-known through social media and without the help of a record label or anything like that. So, yes, I, I feel as though some time... Uh, should be dedicated towards uh, your marketing or whatnot. But also, at the same time, I try to look at it as a, a, as a percentage of my time. And, you know, if I only have eight hours then, and I want to spend 70% of my time working on my art, then that's what I'll do, you yeah. know. And then maybe I'll spend 10% of the time working on the social media and, you know, whatever business aspects I got to do. Yeah. And and so that's sort of how I try to manage it, but I agree it's it's challenging and and it's always challenging to to get it all in, but I feel like piece by piece and block by block, you know, the the whole thing grows. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um is there anything else you want to talk about? Well, not really. I I think that I, I well, 
I'll say I'm I'm really excited about this show coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's it's gonna be a really fun show with a lot of great artists from Seattle, and New Blue is a, a great venue. And Elizabeth was telling me, um, she said this is the new New Blue. Like, was there another New Blue, or did I mishear her? Do you know about that? Because I'm I'm just hearing about New Blue actually. It was like this show, and there was like a Casa's. Uh, do you know Casa? Overall? I know Casa. Yeah, his uh, release show was a couple um, weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now. Um, and so he was telling me about it, and then Aaron was telling me about this show, and it was like, and then another um, MC was telling me about New Blue. So it's like for me, just in the past month, for some reason, I'm hearing about that venue for the first time, and I'm kind of like. It's a cool venue. They have a lot of cool music there and 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 a very eclectic mix and also it's sorta of like a an in the know sort of place, you know, yeah. like, that you go to to hear some cool stuff. Um as far as I know, it is at the same venue that it has always been, but they re- recently renovated okay. it. Okay. That's probably what it what, so, what it was. Yeah, it's a it's a great space for sure. Sounds great in there, and it's cool. You can see the music from every angle. They got nice lighting system, great sound system, and it's usually a party in there. You know? Yeah, it's usually pretty packed. Yeah, nice. I think somebody might have told me about it years ago, um, and then I was trying to. I knew Blue in the name, and then people were like, "Well, Blue Note," and I'm like, "No, I think it was something else, but it's probably that." Um, but yeah, man, I'm looking forward to being there. Um, Likewise. All that info will be on the show notes page and everything, too, and on, in general, my socials and everything. Uh, where's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, my website is jumanesmith.com, J-U-M-2-A-Z-N-E-S-M-I-T-H.com. And I'm all over, all over social media, uh, whatever, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, you know, I'm out there, so look it up. Yeah. And I'll put the links to his website in the show notes as well um, on BushwickVarietyShow.com. Um, and do you have any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Uh, I have lots of final thoughts. But hopefully they're not the final thought that I'll have. No, just the final <laughs> thoughts in this moment. <laughs> well, I, I will say it's it's really nice to chat with you, and and uh, I'm glad to to be one of your guests on on the Bushwick Variety Show. Variety Show. Yeah, thank you for coming on, man. <laughs> nice to wrap with you. Yeah. So that was my conversation with Jumani Smith. Check him out at JumaniSmith.com. Check out his first album, I Only Have Eyes For You. And I'll keep you posted on what happens with his uh, upcoming project. And hopefully, maybe I'll have him on the show again when that's coming out. We can talk about that again and you can hear from him again. And definitely come out tomorrow night. That's Tuesday, May 15th. Doors open at 8 p.m. at New Blue in Alphabet City, NYC, 151 Avenue C. New Blue, Avenue C, 151 
um, his website, the links for those tickets and everything will all be on the show notes on bushwickvarietyshow.com. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you come out to New Blue for the Big World Breaks tag team episode. It's going to be it's going to be amazing, I think. It's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So I hope to see you there and keep listening. Keep uh letting me know what you think so far. Thank you for tuning in and take care. Have a good one. Peace.